0: Welcome to Church Project. We're glad that you're here today. Um, my name's Aaron Havens, and I, I'm the pastor here, and my whole morning has been thrown off. I got a text from Ryan Doherty last night saying, meet me in a coffee shop, no questions asked at 9.10 today. You know our service starts at 10, right? I have a lot of stuff that I do between 9.10 and 10. And this usually doesn't happen, <laughs> but you left your eyes up here. Nan, uh, I wish I could explain uh, the site. <laughs> Thank you. I have to change my notes a little bit because of that, uh, but that's okay. We're a good people running after God and it's cool to see my youth pastor (laughs) leading our guys and I gotta stop talking or else we won't finish today. So let's just jump into this passage Acts chapter 3 verses 11 through 16 is what we're going to talk on. If you you don't have a Bible, there's a blue Bible in a row next to you. You can turn it to page 629. But I just want to say, church, I love you. I'm glad that we get to do and share our life together. We get to be part of this. It did my heart well to see the men up here singing today. I think God has got incredible things for every person. Um, As young and as old as we are, God is building His church. And it's more than just one person. It's more than just a collection of a couple people. It's, it's a collection of everybody that's here, gifted the way that we are, doing what God has designed us to do. And as we're in the book of Acts, we're looking at the early church and how the early church did church. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing in the life of our six-year-old church that we're walking through what it means to do church. Church. Two weeks ago, Jeremy got up and gave his first message ever and did an incredible job. And so Jeremy, thank you for for giving that message. Let's give an honor to Jeremy for doing that. Then last week we wanted to follow that up and we had Jared Nelson, our youth pastor, give his very first message ever. So two weeks in a row of first messages and I heard that on the podcast and Jared, you killed it. That was awesome. So let's honor Jared for that. Last week, also, we had Bill and Jeannie and Will stand up here with one of our ministry partnerships and talk about how we're doing church, and I didn't get to hear it, but I heard it was incredible, so Bill and Jeannie and Will, thank you. Let's honor them for doing that. Ryan has kind of been directing our imagos uh, that we have up here, though it was changed up a bit today and wasn't exactly what I expected. Um, Ryan's been leading our imagos, which I agree, I think are one of the most powerful things that we do at Church Project, tying Monday mornings to Sundays, giving an image that we can, we can see God throughout the week. And so, Ryan, can we honor you for doing that? I also want to honor our incredible worship team. If you're part of the worship team, would you stand up in any way, shape, or form? And that means the sound and the audio people in the back. Like, Let's, let's honor them as well. I, I could keep going, but I'm just going to end on this because this is the most important one. And yes, these are in my notes. And so Jack and Jared, would you stand up? Where are they at? They meet us every day and give us gum. That's the most important thing. I I could keep on going, but I'm not going to. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put someone on the spot to come up here and read Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 16. So, one of you college folks, come on up here with your Bible, and we'll make sure this mic is on. Who wants it? Yeah, come on up here. Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 16. Oh, look at that. Now we're fighting.
1: There you go. You can sneak. I'm not gonna. Yep. There we go. I wasn't about to stand on my tippy toes either. That would have just been embarrassing. But good morning, church project. Um, Okay, so Acts chapter uh, or verse eleven through sixteen says they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at, at us as though we had made this man walk walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is, an, this is the same Jesus who had handed over the rejected uh, before Pilate, Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of that fact. Though faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes.
0: Hmm. Excellent. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. A little different version than what you might have in, in, uh, on those blue Bibles, but this is the passage that we're going to go through today. I want to set up what's happened in this passage leading up to this. What happened was a lame guy in the previous verses was by this gate and asking for help. Peter and John come up to help him, and he gets up and he starts walking. Pretty incredible, right? Now, this lame guy, is he's not just a traveling lame guy asking for handouts. This is a lame guy that everyone notices. Like, they know who this is. This is a local guy. This is a local individual. He's known. He's familiar. And how do we know that? And we'll see that in the passage that we're going to cover today that was just read. But I like in, verse, in, in chapter 3, verse 6. Look in your Bible in, in, in uh, chapter 3, verse 6. It says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise rise and walk. This is what John and Peter say to this same guy, rise and walk. This is one of the scariest verses in the Bible as a pastor. This is a scary verse, and why? Because verse 11, and that begins what we're talking about today. In verse 6, it said, Jesus, or John and Peter said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk, and why does that scare me? Because we look in verse 11, look what happens. The man that was just healed. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. So why does verse chapter 3, verse 6 scare me to death? Because look what happened to the man that was lame and suddenly got up and started walking. In verse 11, what did this man do? Who did the lame walker cling to? Peter and John. Doesn't it feel good to take credit for something that's not yours? Oh, it, t- it feels really good to take credit for something that's not yours. I steal Lauren's jokes all the time. Hers are funny. <laughs> mine are terrible. I'll take credit for them, though. It feels good to take credit for something that is not yours. What is happening in this passage in the Bible right now is this lame familiar man gets up and begins to walk, and what does he do in verse 11? He he clings to Peter and John, and all the people are utterly astounded. Basically, it went viral. This might be the first time something went viral. All the people are astounded, and they come running. All the people are utterly astounded. Oh, I wore my preacher clothes today. I mean, I got my nice shoes on. I don't know if if you're sitting in the front row, you get to see these eye candy shoes in the back. You missed it. (laughs) I wore my preacher clothes today. I'm probably going to be spitting on everyone in the first couple rows. It's about to get real up in this place because I'm looking at this passage and I can't help but come alive when I read this passage. Why? Because chapter 3 verse 6 scares me so much in light of verse 11. A man is healed, and in verse 11, the man clings to the wrong person. One of the reasons there is so much hurt in America is because the church has assumed responsibility that is not ours. i want going to say that again. One of the reasons there is so much hurt in the church of America is because the church has assumed responsibility that is not ours. It is not the church's responsibility for your growth. It's not the church's responsibility for your growth. I got my preacher clothes on so I can say some things, right? Here's what I'm going to say today. Feed yourself. Grow up, church. Come alive. Live life to the fullest. Don't wait on the church to bottle feed you. Because what happens... When the church bottle feeds you and you come alive, you might cling to the church. You might cling to Peter and John. You might call me because I look good. And you're calling the wrong person. They missed it. We miss it. Oh, but pastors, especially, and I think a church in America, we can say, we have all the answers. Come to us because we look good and we're educated and we know how to do church. And all along, assuming responsibility, that is not ours. And it causes much pain and much hurt. Church, if you see a need as a follower of Christ, that's a conviction in you. That's awesome. And if you have the skills and the time, you also have capacity. And when your conviction and your capacity meet, you have a calling. And when you have a calling, you lead us in being the church. Where's Deb? Where's, where's my hippie lady at? It's Deb, where good, are you at? Okay, did you, did you bring your coat, sleeping bag? It's at waypoints, because they're presenting it to the board. This is Deb, our old hippie lady. I love her. (laughs) She, by the way, is Jared's mom, so I say that with the most respect. Like, she's beautiful. Get to know Deb. But we, uh, in, in our house church a few months ago, she had a conviction. Homeless people are cold. So she found this coolest thing I've ever seen. And she bought it on her own. And it's this jacket that's huge. You put it on as a hoodie, all that stuff, and then you take it off and it turns into a sleeping bag. And you sleep in the sleeping bag, and then you roll it back up and I'm like traveling to bed. Like that's awesome. Why? Because a conviction of people that are cold. And so she bought one with her own money to take it. And we're gonna see what happens. But you see, when a conviction and when a capacity lines up, you're not waiting on the church to do that. You're doing that. Because if we wait on the church and we're continually getting getting bottle-fed by the church, we may be clinging to the wrong person, to the wrong organization. And look, this man was lame. Peter and John, what do they do? They come. They heal. And he's in verse 11, clinging to the wrong person. Tiffany, thank you for leading our women where I saw you somewhere. Thank you for leading our women. I was going to challenge our men to step up, but I feel like our men just stepped up today. (laughs) Do you see a conviction? Do you have the capacity to meet it and lead us? Take us there. This is the church. It's going to be beautiful when it's more than just a handful. When it's all of us leading and pointing to Christ, we have a beautiful thing. We can think back into Nehemiah. He saw a need, rebuild the wall, and he met that need. In Church Project, we have these cute little signs back there and and one of the things that we say is we want to make disciples meet needs and grow churches like that that's our purpose a church project to meet needs to make disciples and to grow churches so our church's responsibility as an organization is to do this and i it's Ephesians 4:12 it's a verse that grandpa won't let me ever forget and Ephesians 4:12 is our responsibility as the church and that is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry that's what church does but it doesn't stop right there That's only 50% of the equation. The other part of the equation is the church. Once you're equipped to go do ministry, then you are Matthew 28, 16, which is go into all the nations. Go do. Have conviction. Have capacity. And lead us. Good preaching is a dime a dozen. I'm a pretty good preacher. Well, I'm okay. I'm all right. I don't know. We'll see. Good preaching is a dime a dozen. I guarantee right now you can get on your phones, put on your earplugs, and get better preaching anywhere on the internet. Anywhere. But you won't get the relationship you have here. And you won't get the physical flesh of conviction and capacity. And you won't be able to live it out and to try it out. And to do life together. Relationships—that's where people desire. That's what people desire. Relationships, especially millennials. Raise your hand if you're a millennial. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, what, Bill Jerky? Put your hand down. He got (laughs) confused. He couldn't hear what I was saying. Okay, (laughs) that was low cut. I like that. (laughs) Relationships. People desire desire that. Especially the millennials are the lowest attending generation in America. Of going to church. We need to have relationships and let's keep sharing our lives as we do something and let's invite our neighbors and friends to join us in this journey called Church Project. This is a movement and movements are defined by actions of the participants. A movement is defined by the actions of the participants. So let's keep going. Let's keep doing this. And why can I say that? Because verse 11 scares me to death as a pastor. Because chapter 3, verse 6, a man was lame and he walked. He was healed. But in verse 11, he was worshiping the wrong person. If it's ever about us, that's your cowbell. (laughs) You were on tempo. That was good. That's been his dream for four years. (laughs) Jeremy finally let him do it. That was awesome. Okay. I want to read this again. Verse 11 and verse 12. While he clung to Peter and John. Oh, what a shame, man. All the people were utterly astounded, and they ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's, verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power or or piety we have made him walk. And he begins in verse 11 to do what I hope every pastor and every church in America does and every Christian that your life has ever been changed by God does. He begins to, Peter and John begin to say, yeah, come and see this incredible thing, but don't look at us. And we're going to see in a couple verses what he says. But look in verse, verse 12. I pray that this may be and we may live, verse 12. Verse 12 is when the people start running towards him and coming alive, he begins to say, men of Israel, why do you wonder this at all? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power that we did this thing? May we be, all be tools. Kindle, you're a tool. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Church Project. <laughs> man. May everything we achieve and everything we possess be tools. May our lives be tools of what? Tools of pointing to God and everything that we do and say. May we be tools. Like, that's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for Church Project. Peter and John got it. They knew that they were tools. Not, not to get this great, like, accolades and look what I've done, but to do incredible things. It took their great faith and their relationship with God to do incredible things. I mean, a guy was lame and started walking. And they were used as a tool of God to give God glory and credit. Kendall, you are a tool. I mean, your life points to God and everything you say and do. Thank you. Like, this is, this is church. Relationships that are madly in love with God. And we're going to continue to do astounding things in our lives. Greeley is going to be changed by the power of God. In the places and spaces that we go, you've got to believe that when you go to work and when you go to school and wherever you go, God's power is going to make lame things walk. guaranteed. Are you going to take the credit, though? Or are we going to be tools that point people to Christ? I wonder, I think God really loves to show off through actions and I wonder this, and Jeremy and I talk about this quite often. I wonder if God shows off most in people's lives that are going to retell the story. Like, right? He's going to do incredible things in your life. Why? Because he knows you're going to stand up and you're not going to go, look how awesome I am. But you're going to point to God in everything. When you wildly succeed, show God through those actions. I'm going to let you sit on verse 11 and 12. And I think house church pastors, take note of verse 11 and 12. I think you can have some incredible conversations on verse 11 and 12. But I'm going to continue verse, through verse 13, 14, 15, and 16. Let's follow along and read these verses. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over And denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and received for a murderer to be granted by you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. in verse 16, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And it's you all, so it's not y'all, it's you all, just to correct our southerners. This is who God is to you and me. Peter and John knew nothing else to do but to stand up and tell the story of who God was to them. Like God used them in a miraculous way to have a lame person begin to walk and all they did was retold the story of who God was to them. And not only that, what did they tell in the story? They didn't make it soft. They didn't make it politically correct. They said, if you notice in verse 15, you killed. And if we notice in verse 16, um, you see, he says, oh wait, in verse 13, says, you delivered. So Peter and John begin telling a story, but they, they don't get so politically correct. They actually address the elephant in the room. Because the elephant in the room is this. The people that are there killed the powerful man that by his power, the lame man began to walk. Now Peter could have walked in and went, uh-oh, we're not going to address this. Like, yeah, it's by Jesus that this happened. And they're all thinking, we killed him. We hung him. We did this. We." But he addresses it. He says, yes, you killed, you delivered. And passionately, what did he do? He shares a story of how this man was lame and began to walk. I want to ask you a question, Church Project, to think about. Are you killing what God has raised from the dead in you? God's into redeeming. God's into raising things. The people in this story, they killed, they buried. And then when God even began to raise it up again, they ran and they were clinging to the wrong people. They still weren't getting it. So Peter and John once again had to point to them and say, it's not about us. Even though you messed up then, you're messing up again now. And they're pointing to Jesus saying, it's all about Jesus. When are you going to get it? And I wonder that in my own mind and I wonder that in my own heart. When am I going to get it? God wants to raise things out of me that is going to astound crowds. He wants to do beautiful things in my life. But yet Satan comes in. I don't know if he works in your life like he does in mine. But Satan comes in and begins to kill it already before it even leaves a thought. There's no action. Satan wants to kill what God's trying to to birth, rise, raise from the dead, come alive in you. Church project, be aware of that. Are you killing what God has raised from the dead in you? God is into raising. Oftentimes as humans, though, we're into naysaying. Naysaying. Not believing, not going forward, not boldly proclaiming, but just living a casual life. Okay. I want to point out something that's so easy in this passage. I think this is a pretty straightforward passage, and so I want to get to what I think is the most important part of, of our gathering today. The passage is really easy. Here, let's just do, let's just do a dummy version of the passage because I need that. Okay, here's the dummy version. Before this passage, something incredible happened. A man was raised and began to walk. That's pretty awesome. This passage, the people got it wrong. They were looking at Peter and John as the power, the source of it. Peter and John, very astutely, very wise, said, don't look at us, look at God, passionately told them about God, and the people's perspective began to change. That's the passage. Okay, amen. But there's something that we can overlook in here, and I don't want us to overlook it because it's going to tie in to what we're talking about next. The, The part that's so easy to overlook in this passage is found in verse 15, and so let's look at verse 15. Peter and John are talking to him, and he says, And you killed the author of life when God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. Okay. To this we are witnesses. Do you see the plurality of we's right here? To this we are witnesses. We see this over and over again in Scripture. We see the disciples going out two by two. We see people getting picked off when they're alone, when pride takes them their own way. What happens to the son when he leaves his father, the rich father, and takes his inheritance and goes off? What happens to him? He gets picked off by the world because he's alone, he's solo, he's isolated. We see multiple times in Scripture the powerful anointing of the plurality of we's. And even right here, in the plurality of we's, Peter and John are doing incredible things. This is the early church. And he says, to this we are witnesses. People you're surrounded with are the we's. People you get to be witnesses with are the we's in your life. Alone, you will get picked off. Again, it is not the church's job for you to grow in this. It's your job. To grow and having we's around you. All we can do as an organization is to provide the tools and to teach on the importance of, of making disciples and growing church and being in house churches and being in a plurality of we. All we can do is teach on that. It's your job to implement it. And so, are you going to be part of a house church? Are you going to be part of a community of people that's sharing life together? What I want to do together right now is invite the Permans to come up and speak for us. The Permans are the, the directors of our house churches, and I think it's so important that you hear from them about house churches. And maybe some of us today in this place, we're actually going to sign up and say, okay, it's time to be in a, in a relationship of we's as we are witnesses to what God is doing in our life. So would you please um, honor Jason and Rachel as they speak to us?
2: Hello. Oh, I I think that what Aaron said and what we're going to say is really good, not because of my words, but because I think God has good things in it because my morning was chaos and (laughs) it was stifled and everything in my head said, this is not a good way to start this. And I think that is Satan because he knows something good is coming. And, um, So, when Aaron asked us to talk about house churches, um, I couldn't get this stupid little song thing out of my head. I grew up in church, so I have a weird song or phrase or thing for everything. Um, But, okay, hold this for, okay. Here's the church. Ready? Yeah, if you know it, come on. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors. Here's the people. Um, But I think... The thing that got missed on that whole thing was, um, it, it probably should, or growing up, I felt like it should have said, here's all the people who come on Sunday mornings, walk out the doors, and don't see those people again till the next week. And I think, as we've been learning in Acts, that that's not how the church was intended to be. It wasn't just supposed to be people in a church with a steeple. Um, it It was... There's supposed to be more than that, and I'm so grateful that there's more than that because if this is the only day that I get to talk to any of you, that's pretty crummy for me personally because I have three kids running around after we dismiss. I don't get to talk to anyone, and if I do get to talk to you, I open with, how long have you been going here? (laughs) And you tell me you've been here for several months, (laughs) and I feel crazy because this is not, this wasn't what was intended. This one day was not what was intended. God didn't want this to just be our only interaction with each other, and I'm so grateful for that because Sundays are crazy. My day started crazy. I don't want that to be the only impression you have of me, and I'd rather get to know all of you, but I can't on one day, Um, and I think like what is the church is an older mom who goes to my house church who sees me frazzled with my crazy twins and brings me coffee in the week and offers to watch my kids for an hour. That's what being the church is. It's simple, small stuff. But she would have never known how to speak to my heart had I not gotten to meet with her in the week. Um, and so I think that's, that's kind of our our heart in this. So I'm going to let Jason.
3: Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm, Aaron. I, I follow what you're saying. I'm all jumbled up from this morning because that that was awesome this morning. And I'm, yeah, my heart's all over the place this morning. So I know this is good. Um, this morning I was talking, no pun intended, with Peter and John. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and we were just talking about how the morning's going. And, you know, I said, it's going to be a good one. I said, I'm, I'm banking on there being a lot of people here today. Peter's like, so just today? I was like, no, every day, but, but today. And so I want you guys, to, everyone, close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. Okay, I want you to think about this. So you're headed to the movie theater with your brother, sister, friend, spouse, special person, we'll call it. You're really excited. You got your popcorn, you got your candy, your pop, your water, your fried chicken, whatever you bring to the movies, (laughs) right? Then the lights dim a bit. The previews are on. This is a really good one. I love previews. My wife laughs at me so much because I love previews. Another preview comes on and another one. These are really good. Now the lights do that little dim thing again after the previews, and you get up with your special person, and you head towards the doors. You get in your car, and you head home. All right, you can open your eyes. Doesn't that sound kind of weird, right? And I'm willing to bet there's probably no one in here that has ever done that in a movie, right? Because that's just weird. God never intended for people or for his church to show up once a week to learn something, to talk, to say hi, and then to head home, rinse and repeat, right? We never, that's not what we're supposed to do. He created us for intimate relationship. So relationships with family is good, right? I, I, when I think about that, frankly, I think of the Ashidas. They have an amazing crew that's always together. But when you're with God's people, that's when you thrive, Right, And that doesn't mean not with family, but that's when you really, really thrive. Church project gatherings are great. All right? Our music is top-notch. Our teaching is good. Right, We have really nice people for the most part. Just kidding. But if this is all we have, and if this is the end of the line, then we've really done nothing more than go to the movies, sit down excited, watch those previews, and then we get up and we go home, right? So humor me in this. Sunday gatherings are the preview, if you will, to the full movie that God intended for each of your lives, right? We have really good previews here. Today was case in point, right? But the price that was paid for admission was for so much more than for previews, right? Now, I want you to notice something, <laughs> Thank you, Britt. I want you to notice something. Rachel and I are up here. We're, we're called to talk about house church. We're called to try to follow God, helping us lead this, helping him lead this. And we haven't said house church once, right? As Rachel and I kind of refine and, and pray about our calling, what we realize is we're really called to speak to what we're created for, which is that intimate community. Right? So House Churches is just one of those vehicles, and maybe I'm stepping a little off script here. I think that's our heart, right? If we have many, many different outlets for it. Like I sit and I look over here and I see the crew crew, right? You guys have relational community. I sit and I look at a couple people I've had conversations with who have relationships with people outside of this body here. And that's awesome. That's exactly what we're talking about. But I think if we're being honest, that that may not always be the case for everyone. I think that's our heart, is we have a a desperate desire that when we look out, we know that there are people with needs being met, with opportunities to pour into one another's life. As we look up there, that we know disciples are being made, that needs are being met.
2: So we just want to encourage you. We have silly official clipboards (laughs) so we're gonna pass those around because that really worked for kids ministry a couple weeks ago so we're gonna hope but we just want you to 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 open your your thoughts to viewing house church and community differently i think if you would ask me growing up and as a teenager and even as a young adult um if i felt fulfilled by my church life i would have told you yes i had no idea that i was walking out at the end of fantastic previews i I was missing so much more, and I'm so grateful that I get to participate in that now, because my life feels, feels fuller. I don't. I, Thursday, I, my phone flooded with messages because I had a really big doctor appointment, and those people I got to celebrate with, but they wouldn't have ever known to contact me had I not asked for prayers on Wednesday night, and that was big for me, because as much as I love him... <laughs> He's not the only person I want to enjoy life with, and so um, we're going to pass these around. If you even just have a tiny little inkling of what house church is about, would you just put your name on it so we could take you for coffee or talk to you on the phone? Um, We can get you plugged in. We have three different house churches right now, but we really want more. Um, There's only like this room is full, and this room gets fuller every week. But there's only like thirty or forty people who go to house church, and. That means a lot of you are not benefiting from what there is and so much more. And I want our houses full. And I want to have more leaders and more house church pastors and hosts. So if you have any desire at all, would you just put your name down and we can call you. And it's not going to be awkward. It'll be really fun, I promise. So <laughs> is that it? You good? All right. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you guys for that. Um, I'm, I'm very much aware that you may be sitting there today, and know we, we push hard for house churches, doing we. Uh, I pray that you don't leave hurt. I pray that you don't leave mad. I pray that you see that we come at this from a very loving stance. And I, and I pray that the importance of, of community and God's word is growing in you. It's beautiful to share our life together. I can see if it was Peter and Aaron in this scripture instead of Peter and John. I could see if I was the one that was addressing the crowd. I could have walked with God, been, been part of it. I could have believed in that whole thing. But as I stood up to address the crowd, I would start to falter in my confidence a little bit. I'd begin to go, is this right? Like, should I go this bold and say, they killed him? Like, that's kind of crazy. And I'm looking over at my friend Peter, and he's just going, you got it, you got it, you got it. And I'm looking over going, yeah, we do got it. Yeah, yeah. It is God. You did kill him. He, this is awesome. Like, I could see myself in that passage getting even more confident because I just had a good buddy I was sharing life with. So church, that's what we're offering today. Um, I'm going to dismiss this in a little bit, but what I would like us to do is, is maybe just let God sit on our heart and sit on our mind a little bit. And so if you would, just close your Bible. Ask the guys to dim the lights back there and I'd like us to take just a few moments, you know, as the as the board keeps going around, and as we sit here today, to just be still. A lot of movement this morning in this place, and sometimes we can mistake movement for growth. I'm reminded of it in the Bible, even. As the fire went by and the wind went by and all the magnificent loud things went by and the God's spirit was found in just the still, small voice. So in this place, I pray, whatever chaos is in your head, whatever chaos is in your mind, whatever lies Satan is throwing your way, whatever guilt you're carrying, whether of actions of the past, whatever fear you have right now in, the, in, in this moment or fear of the future, whatever bitterness is stirring up and growing in you, whatever doubts you have, whatever concerns you have, I guarantee and I promise you that you will not find an answer no matter how far you search the world, it's not in the chaos, it's not in the noise. It's in the Holy Spirit, in the still small moments of God revealing himself to you. So be still, Church Project, in this moment. Open your hands, open your heart, and say, God, meet me in this place. Meet me in this hurt. Meet me in this confusion. Meet me in this uncertain moment. Meet me in this anger, God. God, speak to each and every one of us. For some of us in this room, we've never had a moment where we've said, God, take control of my life. We've been trying to live life on our own. Maybe this morning is the first time in your life where you just cognitively, and even with your heart, say, God, you know what? Life on my terms is not working. I want to follow you. I want to know more about you. I want to give my life to you. Maybe that's you in this place, and as you sat down, there were response cards. I would encourage you. Write your name on it, your phone number, your email, by the way, make sure we can read the email and put it in our offering box in the back left of the room. Some of you, that may be the most bold thing you've done all week is to be as vulnerable as to just just reach out and say, yeah, I have questions about God. I want to give my life to God or I want to meet with the pastor or I want to join a house church or I have a prayer request. On the back of those cards are prayer requests. Would you be bold enough to be vulnerable? power and the plurality of we's Satan will pick us off individually if not God I pray over your people I pray over everyone in this room I pray over church project that we would not believe the lies that Satan tells us that God we would not take credit when credit is not ours That, God, our lives would be be lived in bold and powerful ways and that the world would see you moving in our words and in our actions. God, I pray that even as we move here from this preview, (laughs) that as the movie plays throughout the week, God, we would be certain and we'd be just dedicated to spend time with you, to find you in the still small places and to do it with others. God, we thank you for bringing us here this morning. We thank you for joy. We thank you for uncertainty. We we thank you for getting off script. We thank you for being real. What an honor it is to come and worship you with our brothers and sisters, our friends, for all those that are hurting, for those that are filled with joy and hope, for everyone in this room. God we thank you for this morning church I'm going to ask us if we would if you're a part of the prayer team if you would stand up and just move to the sides of the room these folks love you they're great people have a heart for God. Oh, they're not perfect. (laughs) Uh, They're just people that are fumbling through life, but they find great joy in a relationship with God. And they find great joy in sharing that relationship with others. So if you're in this room today and you're in a place that you would like prayer over something or maybe you would just like someone to pray in agreement with you like God's already showing you something and revealing something to you maybe you just need prayer uh, someone to stand in agreement with you maybe you honestly you need prayer for healing for something something physically emotionally spiritually there's power in prayer I think prayer does two things I think God really likes prayer likes hearing it, I think there's also the the aspect of prayer that changes our mind and changes our heart and aligns us to see God the way that he intends us to see him. So would you be vulnerable enough to pray with people today? I'm going to ask us if we would just to stand and just reflect in silence and, and pray. So if you would, let's just stand in this moment. ask John and the band just to lead us through some worship and if you want to join in prayer with someone that's here then please go and do so and in a little bit I'll come up and close us but why don't we just be vulnerable in this place as we worship God together